Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week two, part two. Week duh, part duh. Thank you. Part duh. A duh duh. A part duh. Week duh. Yep, that's about it. Let's get it started. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So I should have noted before the song, hope you enjoyed the song, that Tim is not here. Tim's not um, here. Similar to week one, some personal stuff came up. Part one. Um, <laughs> What did I say? Week one? Yes. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that he can't be with us, but he is still going to do his rankings. He's still going to um, contribute to the articles that we're going to release. Um, if you didn't know, we are releasing a Sleepers and Bust article and a 20 facts you want to know about part uh, week X. This week would be week two every single week. Um, those are a lot f- a lot of fun to write. And also, we probably fun to read. We have timestamps for these two episodes. Uh, we noted yes. that at the end of the week one, but maybe you didn't get that far or something of that sort. So you could go back to listen to certain games and things like that. So, uh, yeah. And um, this is going to be a lie, but it's a good transition. Ready? And the reason Tim's not here today is because he is home manscaping. Mm. Boom. Support for the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a wonderful tool with everything you could ask for. Waterproof, easy to use, lightweight, quiet, safe to the touch. Um, the shirt is very comfortable. The shorts are very comfortable. They have a soap, deodorant great, and yeah. toner, and it's good stuff. Yep. Um, and you Highly can get it, it today for twenty percent off and free shipping with code Broto. That is B R O T O at Manscaped.com. Honestly, a deal and a half. It really is. Again, that's twenty percent off with free shipping at Manscaped, and code is Broto. B R O T O. If you want your balls to look good, talking about balls. And feet. It is time to talk football. The first game we have on the slate for this part de is the Lions at the Packers. Man, the person who won the Millie Maker had Aaron Rodgers. And I, I spoke week one about how Aaron Rodgers usually struggles in Minnesota. But man, that Minnesota secondary sucks. And he went in. He looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old. And guess what? He gets... The Detroit Lions, another secondary that absolutely sucks, and I once again expect him to be the Aaron Rodgers of old. The best part about Aaron Rodgers, his average depth of target was almost 10 yards. His accuracy was still only 87%. People who listen to us know that I think Aaron Rodgers has been playing like a bitch the last couple of years. The best compliment I could give him is in that in week one, he was not a bitch. Not a bitch at all. He was making tight throws. He was completing tight throws. And he was doing what he does, man. He needs to not be a bitch. Because when that happens, good things happen. And now they're going up against Detroit, where also Trufant is buns. Also, real quick, before you talk about how buns they are, Trufant, Okuda, and Coleman all might miss the game. They're all injured. I was about to say that. Trufant's buns. Okuda didn't play last week. Justin Coleman is on IR. So they might miss their top three cornerbacks. And then... Devontae Adams, Lazard, and MVS, Marquez Wallace-Scantling, 
were literally the only three wide receivers to play for Green Bay last week. That's nuts. Lazard played 89% of the snaps, was in the slot 27 times. I don't want to overreact about week one, but Aaron Rodgers looked great. This Detroit secondary is depleted. Green Bay is home for the first time this year. They only have three wide receivers on the field ever. Their tight ends aren't a real threat. I like yeah. Adams, Lazard, and MVS this week. I have Aaron Rodgers as my fourth QB. I have oh, Devontae Rogers, Adams yeah. as the number one wide receiver. I think Alan Lazard is a solid flex play. The thing that scares me with MVS, he played 54% of snaps, and he's the deep threat guy. If he doesn't catch a deep threat, you're screwed. I, I he prefer dropped Lazard. a couple passes. Like MVS didn't even look that great. But I agree. I'm, MVS is more of a speculative play. But yeah, Lazard is definitely an upside play. You, you brought up how the tight ends aren't super involved. Remember when Jay Sternberger, everyone loved him and was like, get Jay Sternberger. And we were like, what are you guys talking Did about? Did Tanyan play more? Tanyan played more. There you go. Mercedes Lewis played more. Yikes. Josiah DeGuara played more. Honestly, what is a Josiah DeGuara? You don't need to know. You just need to know that he played more than Jay Sternberger. Basically. And let's not forget the most slept on... Catching running back of all, Aaron Rodgers had six. I mean, Aaron Jones had six targets, four receptions, seven red zone touches, only ten receiving yards. And look, people will tell you he didn't play that much. Jamal Williams got involved. Yo, he had twenty touches. Jamal yeah. Williams had eleven. Fine. This is what last year was yeah. when Aaron Jones was the running back too. Jones played fifty four percent of the snaps. Jamal Williams forty. Tyler Irvin eighteen. That was odd. AJ Dillon only five. So Jamal Williams. It's still clearly the Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams show. Aaron Jones is the clear lead dog. You could argue Aaron Jones is their second receiving option behind Devontae Adams. Yeah. It's it was very good to see the targets because. Last year, he was targeted only like three times a game rather than six when Adams was healthy. So it was nice to see him targeted early and often. And Aaron Jones, fire him up too. Fire the, fire them all up against Detroit. Aaron Jones are running back one. Yeah, I think that's sure. what we got to say about Green Bay. They're an offense you want to use this week. Yeah. Moving on to Detroit. Look, here's a fun fact. Um, it's going to sound a little crazy, but so... DeAndre Swift in a timeshare running back system. James Robinson, the only running back to get a touch last week. Snap-wise, James Robinson played only one more snap than DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift played more than his fellow rookies, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, and Jonathan Taylor. And nobody's really talking about DeAndre Swift. And nobody's talking about DeAndre Swift. If he... Look, I hope Matt Patricia... Stops being a wannabe Belichick, and I hope he does not. Um, what's the discipline DeAndre Swift for catching that touchdown? Because that was Dropping a bad that play. Dropping that touchdown, so it was a really bad play. Because Swift can eat in this offense. Five targets, forty-four percent of snaps. AP, who had the most carries, only twenty-six percent of snaps, and Carry On Johnson only twenty percent of snaps. DeAndre Swift had two red zone looks. He dropped that touchdown. Almost had a touchdown his first game as a rookie. Seems like he's he's clearly the passing down back already. And he's going to be mixed in with rushes too. Where would the hype be on Swift right now if he had six catches and a touchdown last week? Yeah, true that. So I'm not sold on him yet. He could be a flex. You could probably do better. 
he don't just count out the rookie Lions running back just yet. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's a decent flex play this week, man. I'm I'm much higher on Swift than I am. I mean, then expert consensus ranking against Green Bay. It's not like it's a bad matchup. I mean, it's I kind of like it was an exploitable matchup last week. I think it's going to continue into this week. I mean, they have the two strong cornerbacks, but even they struggled last week against Adam Thielen. So like, I, I kind of think I kind of like DeAndre Swift. I'm not going to lie, as a flex play. And then as the the further receiving side, Galladay didn't practice again today. It looks like he's going to be out. Just um, assuming he's keep out. Keep up with us until Sunday about that. That means Marvin Jones again is the number one target. He had eight targets from Stafford last week. Only turned that into four catches for 55 yards. You'd like to see more, but it's something. And I, Jair Alexander is good, but I'm not going to completely fade Jones because of Jair Alexander. Um, shadow cornerbacks is an overrated thing to look at, in my opinion. So yeah. I like Marvin Jones again this week. Yeah, and yes, it was a disappointing performance, but... Marvin Jones played 91% of the snaps, ran a route on every single match Stafford dropped back, had a red zone look. It's just, I don't know, the cards didn't fall for him, right, this game. But, I mean, he ran a route every single time Matt Stafford dropped back to pass. And I also think maybe the Lions will decide they don't want to throw to Quintez Cephas so much. Dude, Cephas played 79% of the snaps, 10 targets, 2 red zone looks. Holy moly. Fifth round rookie. Look, decent game for a rookie, but I don't think they they probably want to utilize Marvin Jones a little more, it would be my guess. Also, TJ Hawkinson. Um good week to start him. No. Yeah, I mean TJ Hawkinson had five catches, the touchdown. All five of his targets were caught. Yeah, you'd like to see a larger target share. Stafford dropped back to pass a bunch. You also like them see him play more than sixty four percent of the snaps. He only played fifty of the seventy eight snaps. Another thing that's Kind of annoying, but I mean, the dude made the most of his opportunities. He's a beast, especially if Galladay's out. The Packers are going to be scoring. They're going to need to keep up. I think Jones and Hawkinson are both very solid starts. Um, you know, Not interested in Amendola, even though he had a decent game. Played only 55% of the snaps. I mean, he has such a low floor. I was about to say that. And then Adrian Peterson, flex play? I don't hate it. 14 rushes, 93 yards, three receptions. Right now, he looks like the... For everything we said about Swift, Peterson is the 1A in that backfield. Yeah, at least he does have some the early downs. Yeah, I've never liked Adrian Peterson. Like, not never, but like these recent years. Um, I but agree. there is some flex appeal there. Yeah. This brings us to our next game: the Bills at the Dolphins. I'm gonna um, talk about the Bills for a little bit, real quick. Hit me, kid. Because I love some players and I hate some players. Josh Allen last week. Not Josh Allen. Cam Newton last week against the Dolphins had 75 rushing yards and two touchdowns on 13 designed runs. Josh Allen, on the other hand, also had 10 designed runs, almost as many as Cam Newton. He ran for 57 yards and a rushing touchdown. The Patriots just built a blueprint of how to beat the Dolphins on the ground. Because you know what? They're going to have to do that. Byron Jones and Xavier Howard is arguably the best cornerback duo in the NFL. Damn, high praise. Relax yourself there a little bit. Arguably the best cornerback duo in the NFL is legit. 
How many yards did the Patriots have against them last year? Last week? 155, passing that is. How many yards did receivers going up against those two have last week? You tell me. 22. 22. Josh Allen, as we saw last week, not a great, not a, a very accurate passer just yet. He had a good game. His A dot was pretty low. He was shorter passes. A dot is average average depth of target. He also missed some easy throws, especially one in the end zone. Yeah, very easy throw. I, if I can, would avoid starting Stephon Diggs and John Brown this week. I have them both outside of my top 36. You're a spicy take there. Look, the thing that bothers me is, look, Josh Allen against Miami has been the QB1 twice, the QB2, and the QB7. So I'm firing him up. I think he's going to be super, a, a very good play this week. But it might be because of the groundwork, like you were saying. And yeah. the Bills, according to NFL Next Gen Stats, the Bills ran 23 plays with four-plus receivers against the Jets. They played to the Jets' weakness. The Jets are a great run-stopping team. They said, guess what? Block four receivers. And they dominated on the offensive side. Miami's strength is a secondary. Are we going to be shocked if the Bills say, guess what, Miami? Try to stop us on the ground? No. I wouldn't be shocked at all. Everything you're saying is, I agree with you, Jason. I agree that Diggs and Brown are scarier than you think. But Diggs also saw 10 targets, right? Or was it Diggs that saw... Brown saw 10 targets, excuse me. Diggs saw nine targets. Both super involved in that offense. I'm not in love with them. I have them both. I have Diggs as a high-end wide receiver three, and I have uh, Brown as more of a flex play. But I do think at least one of them is going to have a good game. Like, I don't... I wouldn't be shocked if... I would be shocked if both of them had bad games. But I do think one of them might end up being disappointing. When it comes to the running backs... Devin Singletary outsnapped Zach Moss 59 to 45. Um, not like Singletary was on the field 59% of snaps, Moss 45. They actually shared the backfield quite a bit. Out touched well. Moss 14 to 12. Moss was the one that found the end zone on a broken down play from a pass from um, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Three receptions for Moss, five receptions for Singletary. So all those people who are like, oh, Moss is going to be the. The red zone guy. I mean, the, the pass catching guy. Ten red zone looks, though, for Zach Moss. He touched the ball or was targeted ten different times in the red zone. They were in the red zone a lot. But hot damn. I mean, Singletary just wasn't involved in the red zone, so that's clearly Zach Moss's role. But nine rushes for 11 yards is gross. But we clearly think it's going to be a running game for the Bills. Yeah, I think they're both very solid. I think they are they're, they both have very much are in the RB2 conversation, both of them. Like, I have Zach Moss at 25, Singletary at 22. I'm with you there as flexes. I'm cool with both as a flex play. I do want to see if the touches continue this way. It's possible that Zach Moss, because of the receptions and the goal line work, is more valuable. Um, But I'd like to see another week of how they split the work. This is a good week for both of them to do well, though. Agreed. Uh, Dawson Knox, not quite yet. Has some potential, but doesn't have a big enough role yet. Yeah, agreed. And Cole Beasley, if Tim was here, would go with the bees knees. I don't know when he started doing that. <laughs> don't like it. Uh, moving on to the Dolphins. Sit everyone. 
I agree, man. Because look, Devontae Parker, is he going to play? I don't know. If he doesn't, you can't start Preston Williams against Buffalo. I know it's fun that Preston Williams would be like the only receiver, really. But Tredavious White is possibly the best cornerback in the league at this point. And Devontae Parker, if he does play, not only is he going to be like injured, he's going to be going up against Tredavious White. The only way I like a wide receiver in this game is if Parker, play. Parker plays and then you got Preston Williams going up against the secondary cornerback options like Levi Wallace for Buffalo. But even then, I think I'm just going to try to stay away from this team completely, kind of like I did with the Pats last week outside of Cam, which ended up like working out, especially the running backs. Yeah, dude. Gaskin played 63% of snaps. Howard, 15. Brita, 23. I know Howard missed a little bit of time with the injury, but the dude literally only played in the red zone. Three red zone looks. 15% of snaps? Are you kidding me? Kosicki played 73% of snaps and had a red zone look, but Kosicki just continues to be this tantalizing athlete that so many people love, but just continues to be a scrub. So I don't want to trust Kosicki either don't start in a tough matchup. I have a 10 and 21. So I, I'd rather not start anyone from this game. Check back later, Parker and Williams with injuries because it's, it's tough to tell now. The only way I like either of them is if Parker plays, and in that case I like Preston Williams a little bit more. Yeah, Michael said it. Sit your Dolphins. That's about it for them. And our next game is an interesting one. Vikings at Colts. Mm. I like this game. A decent amount. I'll start with the Vikings because I like less people in that game. First of all, I want to note the disappointment that was the Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph timeshare. Very upsetting. We noted that Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph had similar targets last season on the low. People didn't really realize that. And Irv Smith was a rookie last year. So you'd assume that that would increase. Didn't happen. Kyle Rudolph is still the Irv Smith vulture. And Rudolph played 62% of snaps. Irv Smith, 60. So they were on the field together a bunch as well. But Smith ran only 16 routes to Rudolph's 14. It's very disappointing because you could easily argue that Irv Smith is the second best receiving option on that team. Or third if you include Dalvin Cook. Yeah. So with that said, Justin Jefferson and Bissy Johnson... I'm not trusting either of them yet. Bissy, we've seen, like, every time he gets put into a higher role, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. Justin, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson actually played 69% of the snaps to Bissy Johnson, 63. So that might already be the changing of the guard as the wide receiver, too. Justin Jefferson didn't do, like, great. He wasn't super involved against the Packers. But at times, he looked he looked pretty exciting. And uh, he's someone I've been looking forward to getting a bigger role all Season Not this game against the Colts, per se. I'm not targeting him here. But definitely someone to keep on your radar. Yeah. Adam Thielen, though. Exactly. The next person I was going to get to. Thielen is someone I was very public about fading. The reason I was fading him the entire offseason was exactly the first half against Green Bay where Kirk Cousins was two for five. That's why I was fading Adam Thielen. I was like, if they're not going to be throwing the ball a lot, I don't care if Adam Thielen's like the only receiving option, they still got Dalvin Cook. They have an, a bunch of other guys. We saw them go through a, a stage last year where they were just running a ton, and that's what happened in the first half against Green Bay. Albeit Green Bay held the ball for like three quarters of that first half. It was crazy. But 
The dude saw 32% of Cousins' targets and ran a route on every single dropback. Had the touchdown, touchdowns, I believe, two touchdowns. Indeed, good sir. Yeah, two touchdowns against the Colts. Rocky Sin played well against DJ Chark. I'm a fan of Rocky Sin. Looking like he's going to take a sophomore step up and be a, a very solid cornerback. But as long as Adam Thielen's there, I mean, you got to play him. And my note was going to be, why are we assuming Rocky Sin is going to guard him? Xavier, all roads lead to the end zone. Talk about all roads lead to the end zone, man. He couldn't guard Keelan Cole. LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault. Thielen's going to eat. I love me some Adam Thielen. Yep. In this game against the Colts, I'm not starting Cousins because I think Thielen's the only weapon he has at the moment. But Thielen and Cook are going to be great options. Let me ask you this. Are you a little worried that Dalvin Cook played 58% of snaps, 12 rushes, 50 yards, two touchdowns, one reception, negative two yards, Alexander Madison, 37% of snaps, two red zone looks to Dalvin Cook's three, six rushes, 50 yards, four receptions, 30 yards. I don't know what that was about. I'm not Is there a chance this becomes a kind of 60-40 split between Cook and Madison, or do you think that was just kind of what happened with Green Bay? Color me confused, man. A little bit. They paid Dalvin Cook like the day before, and then they go and give Alex- Alexander Madison all this burn. Yeah, it was. I was so, kind of confused. I'm gonna write it off as an anomaly for now. Yeah, and yeah. hope for the best. But yeah, you fire up Dalvin Cook, of course. On the other side of the ball, I'm a big fan of the Colts. That Viking secondary is so ridiculously exploitable. Holy moly, holy moly! Philip Rivers does so much for fantasy teams. He keeps games close. And he keeps teams passing. And I think that's perfect. I love Paris Campbell this week. The Colts' secondary is not a very good one. Cameron Dantzler, Mike Hughes, Holton Hill were torched by the Packers last week. Adam Lazard scored a touchdown, had a very good game, played more than 80% of his snaps out of the slot. In comes in. Paris Campbell, who had nine targets last week, six receptions, 71 yards. He even had a rush for nine yards. I have Paris Campbell as a wide receiver, high-end wide receiver three this week. I have him at 27, which is way above consensus. I have him at 28. There you go, man. Yo, and like T.Y. Hilton is also a given. I like, like when there's a good matchup, I have a solid wide receiver too. He also had nine targets. Um... I'm pretty sure he had a couple of targets. Did he have a target in the red zone? I may be mistaken. I did not have a red zone target, no. All right. He had some targets that probably should have been caught. Anyway, nine targets is a lot. Him and Campbell both had that. They're going to have to pass. Dude, three red zone. I have three red zone targets for T.Y. Hilton. So I might be bugging out. Yeah. There's there's my number right there. So it could have been a good game for T.Y. Hilton as well. I also like... Doyle, Taylor, and Hines. Taylor and Hines, man. They had 19 targets to the running back, Marlon Mack included. No more Marlon Mack. Taylor saw six targets. The question for Taylor coming out of college was, is he going to be able to catch the ball? He caught six passes his first game. He saw 35% of snaps, 53 for Hines, but Taylor had more snaps in the second half once Mack went down. 
Frank Reich said Jonathan Taylor is going to be the starting running back, that early down guy. Four red zone looks. Hines, six red zone looks. I mean, oof. Hines saw three carries. Jonathan Taylor is going to be great without Marlon Mack. Hines saw three carries and seven targets um, when Mack left. Jonathan Taylor, I now think, is an RB1 every week. And Naheem Hines is a RB2 slash flex on that cusp every week. I dropped some fab on Naheem Hines in some leagues, and I'm putting him right into my flex. Philip Rivers makes two running backs relevant. Yeah. We've seen it for years. And I'm very you. excited about it. I do not blame you. And when it comes to Jack Doyle, I think he had a decent game last week. He's not nothing to write home about, but four targets, three receptions, 49 yards. You don't need that many targets as a tight end to be relevant. 73 snaps. I mentioned uh, early in the percentage. season, Frank Reich averages around 10 targets to tight ends in his offense. Mo Cox had a couple of targets. I don't expect him to have that big of a role. So I think Jack Doyle is going to get a few more targets each week. All he has to do, if he's going to end up with four catches, 50 yards every week, that puts him in back-end tight end one category like territory already. Yeah. And if he hits the end zone, he's a tight end one. Yeah, I agree. I think Jack Doyle is a very solid streaming option that you could more than likely just grab for free. And then Phillip Rivers, you know, is always going to end in the quarterback 14 to 20 range, basically. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't love Phillip Rivers anymore, like, as a fantasy option. Like, he's just, you could tell he's just, he just doesn't have what he used to have talent-wise, like, throwing the ball. But that Minnesota secondary, it's just going it's really to be a feast all year for opposing quarterbacks. And Michael Pittman, not too involved just yet. So 53% of snaps, though. Pascal played 62. Two targets. I expect I I would be I wouldn't be surprised if Pittman outsnaps Pascal in game two. Interesting. Very interesting. I think that's it for this game. After our pause of calling this game interesting. I'd say so. Next up on the docket is the team with no name at the Arizona Cardinals. The story of the week is the t- no name teams, Washington. Front their front <laughs> yo it's legit man yeah that front line hot damn. dude four five, eight li- sacks listen to this man hit me all right first of all eight sacks mm-hmm. sheesh five different washington defenders had four or more pressures last week those five the entire nfl including those five had 19 They made up over 20% of the players that had four or more pressures. That is insane. Damn, Sean. And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. When you have a line that good, you don't need to blitz that much. Kyler Murray had 100 rushing yards last week before his two kneels. All of his 100 rushing yards came against six or fewer in the box. Interesting. So I don't know how to reconcile this. I was shocked to see that Washington... We don't talk about defense much. Shocked to see that their defense was ranked like 20th, expert consensus. I put him into my top 10. Just I don't care if it's an overreaction just based off of one week. You don't get eight sacks by accident. You don't. And not for nothing, too. I know it was against the Eagles, rookie Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, all that, Greg Ward. 
Fabian Moreau was the number one ranked cornerback, according to PFF, week one. And look, I'm not saying he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It could just be a one-off. But I'm interested in their defense, bringing pressure on Arizona. It's not like they have that good of an offensive line. But I've already spent too much time talking about defenses. Ugh. On to the quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Never Dwayne Haskins. We were talking about the Cardinals, dude. I brought up Kyler Murray. All right. That's why I was talking about Washington defense. (laughs) Start Kyler Murray, with that being said, because Kyler Murray looked good week one against San Fran. They seem to always give the 49ers fits. But more importantly, Kyler Murray was over 100 rushing yards. If that's happening. He lost 10 because of end of game shotgun kneels and ended with 91. But, dude, if he's going to be rushing over 10 times a game, he's he's a top five player, period. Not to mention, he targeted DeAndre Hopkins more times than Tim says, whoa, Nelly, on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Dude, DeAndre Hopkins had not one, not two, not three, 16 targets with 14 catches. I think you should repeat that. 16. 16. Dude, 14 catches, 151 yards. He was the sixth overall wide receiver in half PPR without even scoring a touchdown. 44% target share, yo. That's 94% of snaps. He did not leave the field. Christian Kirk, on the other hand. Hold on. Yo, you go. I'll wait. 77% of snaps lined up against Richard Sherman the entire game. Richard Sherman's on IR now, which sucks for San Francisco. But he was lined up against Sherman the entire game. Put up an absolutely abysmal performance as like a sacrificial sacrificial lamb. But either way, I don't know why anyone would be interested in Christian Kirk. Something to note, D-Hop lined up on the left side 85% of his routes. So it looks like Kingsbury is going to use him there. I, th- I think they may have just been trying to keep away from Richard Sherman. Use It's smart. It's not a bad idea. Use your either. best wide receiver to Time his advantage. for a fucking air yards rant, man. Because I saw a tweet that pissed me off. Like, Christian Kirk... Had oh, this many lost targets and this many lost yards than DeAndre Hopkins, but but he was barely just behind him in air yards. Air yards is one of the most useless stats I've ever heard, man. Like what the f- what do you want me to say? Congratulations, he didn't catch a ball that was far. <laughs> like how often do we need to see Christian Kirk be inefficient and bad? Yeah, someone on Twitter was like, but he's he's compared to Stefan Diggs because player profiler has Stefan Diggs as his comp. I was like, we do not give a shit about player profile, player comps. Congrats. He looks similar to Stefan Diggs based on peripherals and combine numbers three years ago. Plus, Stefan Diggs is a flash in the pan. Those uh, numbers made him a fifth-round pick. Not Stephon everyone Diggs is Stefan Diggs. Round pick, yeah. Dude, he's so bad. Not even a catch. One catch, zero yards. Not even a yard. That's even worse. At least don't even catch a ball if you're not going to have any yards. And Larry Fitzgerald played 79% of snaps, so more than Kirk, and was more involved in the passing game. Shout out Larry Fitz. Despicable, man. Look, Larry Fitz is even an interesting flex play here against Washington if he's going to keep getting involved in the passing game. I mean, he had uh, a few catches, so. Eh, he had four catches, 34 yards. That's who he is at this point, man. He's going to, like, Murray went to If he finds the end zone against Washington, you're going to be surprised, though. I'm not. Probably a little bit. Yeah, like you're yeah. just gonna bank on a Larry Fitzgerald touchdown. You're just talking about how their defense is I mean, pretty desperation good. Desperation flex. What about Kenyon Drake? Kenyon people Drake, overreacting. People are overreacting. 
71% of snaps, 16 carries, 6 targets. 16 carries, 6 targets against the 49ers. It's a lot. Scored the touchdown. Like, all because he wasn't tremendous. People are, like, scared off. Yes, Chase Edmonds played two, six carries, five targets. He played 28 snaps. Like, and they were on the field together a little bit. The Chase Edmonds touchdown was a very well drawn out play where they faked to Kenyon Drake and then Chase Edmonds slipped out and they tossed it to him. If plays like that keep happening, it'll be frustrating, yes. But Kenyon Drake is the guy in that backfield. And he had a very difficult matchup against San Francisco week one. Looks like it's going to be a very difficult matchup against Washington, too. I mean, they destroyed the Eagles' running game. They didn't have a running game, basically, the Eagles. But the Eagles' offensive line was also absolutely atrocious. We don't know how it's going to be in Arizona. Kenyon Drake is... They're probably going to be getting the ball out to Kenyon Drake, too, on on uh, some screen passes and such. I'm not worried about Kenyon Drake. I agree. Fire him up. I... That being said, this week I like him more as a high-end RB2 than an RB1. I want to I see Washington, though, face an offensive line that isn't the Eagles. Because yikes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, though. Just because we saw it once doesn't mean it's going to be happening every single game. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Washington football team. You know who led them in targets last week? Logan Thomas. Oh, I thought you were going to say J.D. McKissick. It was Logan Thomas. Yeah, it was Logan Thomas. Had eight targets for four catches, 37 yards, and a touchdown. 74. I believe, dude, I don't even have those stats in front of compared me. Compared to you 40 know, for Sprinkle. Yeah, 437 and one. You know I've been reading too much fantasy football. I just said that off the top of my head. Um, s- still not a thing, in my opinion. Although, it's very interesting. I support Logan Thomas as a DFS play. We know how bad Arizona is against tight ends. We were seeing it before Kittle got hurt last week. And he had eight targets last week. So I'm not the Logan Thomas guy. I wouldn't trust him in redraft. Unless, like, it's a really, like, you lost Kittle and you really need to dig deep. Then I think he's a great dart throw. DFS is not that bad. I do have to say, though, he lined up 24 times in the slot, four times out wide. He was basically their number two receiver, which is interesting. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. The number two receiver for Dwayne Haskins isn't that enticing. Haskins last week went 17 for 31, 178 yards through the air. And the one touchdown that went to Logan Thomas. So I'm. it's not like you should be super interested in the number two option in a Dwayne Haskins offense. So people super excited about Logan Thomas, slow down there, guys. Because Terry McLaurin is still clearly the 1A option. 93% snap percentage, 23% target share. Another guy... One of only five wide receivers who ran a route on every single Dwayne Haskins dropback. Had a red zone look. Oh, wow. Terry McLaurin was in my stock down in the um, review episode, and you guys were a little surprised. But I said it's because Dwayne Haskins looks like Dwayne Haskins. Like 170 yards a game is just not going to cut it for someone you expected to be like a high-end wide receiver too. Going against Arizona, it's not the best matchup here for Terry McLaurin. Going up against Patrick Peterson. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm still firing him up as a wide receiver, too. We'll see how Dwayne Haskins performs. Because, I mean, the week one performance, game manager to the fullest, man. Yeah. Um, Moving over, well, yeah, uh, which makes Steven Sims 
not startable either. Yeah, I mean, Logan he played Thomas basically took that role 83% of snaps, Steven Sims. Had a red zone look, but yeah, I'm not interested. On the ground, Peyton Barber had the most Peyton Barber line you will ever see in Peyton Barber history. Mm-hmm. 17 rushes, 29 rushing yards, two touchdowns. 10 red zone looks. Unbelievable. Either handoffs or targets. 10. Look, if you're looking for someone to get you either 6 or 12 points for one or two touchdowns, if he falls into it, then so be it. I have him 37th in my running backs. I prefer him to the Jets running backs, for example. Example. I feel like 37 is actually... Dude, he scored two touchdowns to go... Oh, not too high? A little bit high, I think. Yo, if he scored two touchdowns, he's the goal line back. And he was getting the early down work, too. People who drafted Antonio Gibson high... He had nine rushes, two receptions. 11 touches isn't bad for a rookie in his first game. But it was clear that Barber was the rushing ground guy. McKissick was getting passing work. And Gibson was kind of like the backup to both of them. Mm-hmm. You you really think Gibson's role isn't going to get bigger, though? Like, Peyton Barber is super touchdown dependent. He's not going to get 17 carries. At least I hope he doesn't. I mean, McKissick had 40. They obviously want to win by running McKissick and McKissick led the team in snap percentage, had three red zone looks, but, I mean, he hardly even had touches. All you keep saying is red zone, red zone, red zone. You're not mentioning Antonio Gibson's name. And that's yeah. the most relevant guy He had here. one red zone look out of 10. 10 not, out of 10 goal line rushes, he had one rush. 26% snap percentage. But, I mean, when he was on the field, though, they were trying to get him the ball. Like, they were truly, truly clearly... Trying to get him involved. 26% of the snaps, he had nine attempts and two receptions. So that's 11 touches despite only playing a quarter of the team's snaps. I prefer Gibson of the bunch. I'm not trusting Antonio Gibson. I'm not trusting any of them this week, but of the bunch, I'm trusting Antonio Gibson. Fair enough. Before we move on to the next game, it's time to remind you about Party Belts, the official championship belt of Brodo Fantasy Football. Party Belts is a fantastic product. It's a one-size-fits-all championship belt for your fantasy football league. They also have super cool ones, um, not just fantasy football. Like, they have holiday ones. They have teams. Um, they have, like, a Patrick Mahomes cutout that we're going to give away tomorrow. They have a um, Bills, they have Bills, a Bills Mafia. Mafia one. Yeah. Very cool stuff. You can use Brodo, code Brodo, for 15% off. And these things are super affordable. That's the best part. We bought one for every single one of our patron leagues, and the patrons are love it, and they're excited to get it if they win. Um, it's very cool. If you don't believe us, go to the website and check them out, or go to Etsy and type in championship belts because you're going to see it there, and you're going to see that it's a top-selling product. It is super cool, and it's only $35. With code BRODO, you get 15% off. 30 bucks for a super cool prize. It is very Forget cool. these trophies that are hundreds of bucks that no one wants. This is dope. Yeah, and at the same price, you can just get a new one every year. Show up to your live draft holding a beer with two beers on your side while wearing a championship belt. It's amazing. Think about that. Partybelts.com. Use code BROTO, B-R-O-T-O, for 15% off. Now to round out the final quarter of the games, the, the final two games at the 4 o'clock and then the Sunday night and Monday night, we have the Ravens at the Texans. I'm not going to lie to you. I think this game could get ugly. That Ravens, they look like such a complete team, man. They just, that they're offense a juggernaut, man. And defense just bada bing, a bada boom. Yeah. All right. So, Lamar Jackson, you're clearly starting. This guy did not lose a step from last year. He was just as efficient through the air, he was just as efficient on the ground. This guy had, 
he completed 20 of 25 passes, ended up with three touchdowns, ran for 45 yards. We've talked enough about Al Jackson already. Yep. He's the quarterback one. Absolutely. Something I want to note. A Ravens running back did not see a target last week. That's rare. It is. So you want to look at what happened. J.K. Dobbins was the one in on the most passing plays. So I talked about this earlier when we were talking about the Rams earlier. Malcolm Brown. I said that I want the running back at the moment that's getting the passing work and the goal line work. So you don't just need to look at targets. Because if you look at who ran the most passing plays, that tells you that J.K. Dobbins was the most involved in the passing game, even though he didn't get a look. He was also the goal line touchdown with two touchdowns. So right now, J.K. Dobbins... Ingram did have two red zone looks himself. But yeah, Dobbins... It's already week two, and J.K. Dobbins is my preferred Ravens running back. Tell you this, I was not expecting it. I'm upset. I was one of those guys who was like, if you're drafting Mark Ingram in like the fifth, sixth round... You're at least going to have a solid player. Like, because he split work last season, too. But 36% of the snaps, 39 to Dobbins, 25 to Gus Edwards. Like you said, Dobbins was in on passing downs and got both red zone touchdowns. Is rough. But then it's also, this makes the this yep. makes all three guys, yep. like, a complete toss-up. And who's going to be the one who has the big game? And how do you trust any of them? As anything other than like a flex play. That's the thing. I like Dobbins the most, but as a flex. Like as Lamar Jackson's going to run on his own. This is one of the best running attacks in the league. But even if they run for 150 yards, 200 with say Lamar Jackson runs for 50 himself, and Ingram, Dobbins, and Gus all run for like 50 each, they're all useless, the mm-hmm. running backs. It's just it's very difficult to, to try to... You just have to kind of guess now and... I I have Dobbins at twenty seven, Ingram at twenty eight. It's gonna be I have them at thirty one, and thirty three. Whichever one finds the end zone, man. Yeah. Uh and if we look to the outside, the pass catchers, Hollywood Brown, sixty three percent of snaps. Willie Sneed sixty six, Boykin sixty eight. Yes, interesting. Hollywood Brown played the least and he was very efficient. Kind of disappeared in the second half, unless I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he got a lot of yards That's early. Because they were they were up. Because so they were up yeah. a lot. But that's the issue. They're going to be up a lot, a lot this season. And um, in Thursday Night Football, Bradley Roby, I forgot his name for a sec. That's why I paused. I was going to say Brandon. Roby did a decent job against Tyreek Hill Thursday night. Tyreek Hill's only touchdown was literally I don't think anyone could guard that, man. He started on the left. They snapped the ball. And he just ran across the end zone. Like if you're in man coverage... But how much did that have to do with Bradley Roby and how much did that have to do with just, like, the way they were playing? It was a little bit odd. Like, Patrick Mahomes had the lowest yards per attempt of any quarterback. I don't I don't think we'd ever say that ever again. That is weird. Like, they were just throwing quick passes, like, close to the line of scrimmage. Sammy Watkins was super involved. Demarcus Robinson had a bunch of catches. It was, it was a little odd. It wasn't the typical... Uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm just trying to give some words a warning. I have Brown at 24. He can always explode. But don't doubt the the rise and the fall because he could have a, a fall. He could have a very low-scoring game. Well, that's the, that was the thing with Marquise Brown, why I didn't love him at ADP, was because he, he could be, like you said, the rise and fall, the ups and downs. I wasn't high on him last week either because I was like, if they get 
ahead early. It could be bad. They got ahead early. He just happened to be a part of it. He went 5 for 101, which was nice. Good matchup here against Houston. I'm firing up Marquise Brown. I have him as my wide receiver 23. I'm not really worried about it this time around. Miles Boykin, two red zone looks. Willie Sneed also had two red zone looks. Miles Boykin is interesting. Don't play him now, but he's interesting. And then Mark Andrews. Holy moly, Mark Andrews is good. He's a beast. 71% snap share. First time ever over 70. 24% target share. He had the six targets, same as Hollywood Brown. Four red zone looks. Had the touchdown. Hot damn. Mark Andrews looked good. Just fire him up. Clearly. Seems like no one could stop him. Yeah. It's a great offense. On the other side, <sighs> didn't look pretty Thursday night. The one thing that stood out to me the most... Will Fuller Absolutely. has taken over the DeAndre Hopkins role. He's not just a deep threat. He was peppered with intermediate targets. He had 10 targets, caught eight of them, put up 112 yards, and it seemed like he wasn't even really involved too much. Like it, You just looked up and Fuller had an 8 and 112 line. He's just true. running DeAndre Hopkins routes. And the thing is with Baltimore, yes, they have that very good trio of cornerbacks and Humphrey Smith and who's the other guy I'm blanking on Humphrey Smith and um, Peter Marcus Peters. Ah, duh. They have that great trio, but dude, OBJ was open against them. Baker Mayfield just forgot how to throw like OBJ could have actually had a pretty solid game. If Mark, not Mark, if Baker Mayfield knew how to throw, I don't know what happened to Baker Mayfield, but with that being said, Deshaun Watson does know how to throw. And they're going to be down. I'm firing up Will Fuller happily, even though it seems like a bad matchup. He's that. He's in that DeAndre Hopkins role. I'm firing up Will Fuller. Brandon Cooks, obviously a very down game. You're upset about it. But he did have five targets and only played 53% of the snaps. He was very questionable going into the game. Probably going to be healthier this time around. They're still going to be trailing. They're going to need to pass. I wouldn't be against going back into the Brandon Cooks well and starting him in your flex. Like it's it's difficult because it's a difficult matchup, but I don't I don't hate the idea. I think there could be some value there. I th- you want I think you want to see it one more week. Um, yeah, we could probably assume that Randall Cobb played fifteen more snaps than Brandon Cooks because Cooks was injured. Um, I don't know if I want to trust it though. Randall Cobb, I'm not. Yeah, Randall Cobb, I'm not touching. One thing I think we both like a certain pass catcher here today. Jordan Akins. Yeah, man. Jordan Akins played 81 percent of the snaps. I noted throughout the offseason, him and Fells combined to be a tight end one last year. Yeah. If Akins is getting 81 percent of the snaps, he's going to be a sneaky play all year. Fells saw 42 percent of the snaps. They both only saw two targets. Akins did catch the touchdown. Look, I'm not saying go grab Aikens and start him. But if this becomes a trend of Jordan Aikens playing 80% of snaps on a pass-heavy offense, sign me up. He could get very interesting very quick. Jordan Aikens was a third-round pick in 2018. This is his third year. He was a third-round pick. Also, Baltimore allowed 19 fantasy points to Cleveland tight ends last week. Most of that was David Njoku. Um... You could attack the Ravens with the tight end, which is what I was saying last week when I liked Austin Hooper. <laughs> and the Browns looked awful, but they still did something to the tight end. So I wouldn't be surprised if Aikens 
did something here. I have him at 19th as my tight end. Like this, is, it's a dart throw, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's higher than consensus. The, probably the best option because uh, Deshaun Watson. If you drafted him, you're going to start him. I don't love him this week. I don't either, man. I if I could bench him, I'd bench him. Like there's, it's it's a tough matchup against Baltimore. You got to hope. But like last week, he played terrible against Kansas City, and then he ends with more points than Patrick Mahomes because of garbage time. So like, I'm not going to sit Deshaun Watson. That's a that's a good point. Yeah. Um, the best play probably David Johnson. Saw eighty one percent. Duke Johnson did get hurt halfway through the game though, and is practicing today, Wednesday. If Duke Johnson plays, we saw that they were splitting it a little bit more than you'd think. Duke Johnson, they were on the field together a bit. That offense kind of got that offense did not kind of that offense got worse once Duke went down and they stopped using like the two running back sets. I would like to note though. David Johnson faced a light box, which is six or less defenders. No, sorry, less than six defenders, 73% of the time. And that is because the Texans came out of a three-wide receiver set 72% of the time. Plus, the Chiefs just like to play, def- the like to have more uh, s- secondary players on the field rather than, like, linebackers. That's the way they play, and it's that's the Chiefs' defense. Let's block the pass, run against us, we don't care. So you don't so that's think that's going to translate to the Ravens game? I don't know if it's going to translate to the Ravens game. I'm I'm still, I mean, look, I was a David Johnson hater all offseason. He looked great week one, so people are excited about it. But we see the Chiefs, that's their game. Run against us if you want. We're going to try to stop you from beating us through the air. That's a good point. I 100% agree with that philosophy. Let's see how this translates to Baltimore now because if David Johnson doesn't find the running room, he was involved in the passing game, four targets, three for 32 and a touchdown. If Duke Johnson plays, Duke Johnson's probably going to steal some passing work. I like Duke, excuse me, I like David Johnson's a lot more if Duke is just out. So we'll keep an eye on that. But Chubb and Hunt did struggle against Baltimore. Of course, yeah. Week. I mean, they, they did, they played actually pretty well overall rushing. Like they averaged over six yards a carry combined. But I mean, the game was also awful. like over. That's so, a good point. Yeah. yeah. And moving on to the next game, I'm going to start with a hot take. Hot Hit take me with your hot here. take. I have Tyreek Hill as my 20th wide receiver. Whew, just, whew, I started sweating. It's getting, it's getting a little hot in here. Let me tell you why. In his last three games against the Chargers, Tyreek Hill has averaged 36 yards and zero touchdowns. And that was before they had Chris Harris Jr. Hmm. Like, yo, I... I think it's a good week to fade Tyreek Hill in DFS. You are not gonna. You have to start him in your redraft leagues. I also I have Mahomes as my sixth quarterback this week, which is probably the lowest I've ever had him. A little. I'm crazy, concerned man. about teams that play the Chiefs. First, play the Chargers. It's twofold. The Chargers. First, their defense is super good. Of course, a concern. Second, they're a clear run first offense. Obviously, like. Tyra Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Joshua Kelly are going to combine for more yard for more attempts on the ground than Tyra Taylor is ever going to throw. You think even against KC? I think so. I think even they're going to fall behind. Play yeah, that we'll game. See. They're going to win games by controlling the ball and playing defense. I did lower Tyra Kill to number eleven in my rankings. I mean, thirty-five yards and no touchdowns, average three straight games against LAC. Like it's a little bit of a pattern we got going here. They got very good cornerbacks, so. It's interesting. Any interest in your favorite guy, Sammy Watkins? Patrick Mahomes, I have top two. You're 
Come on now. It's Patrick Mahomes. But any Yo, interest in Sammy Watkins? I can't believe you're even asking me that. After everything I just said, I, I don't... I mean, 80% snap share, three red zone targets, nine targets overall. He scored the touchdown. If I think that it might not be a high-flying game for the Chiefs offense, why would I possibly support starting Sammy Watkins? I also think it was a it was a little strange, their offense. It's week one. one, man. Who cares? Like, Patrick Mahomes had the lowest yards per attempt of all quarterbacks. I don't think we'll ever say that again. Ever in like the history of Patrick Mahomes or in the deja future. vu, dude. You just said this. <laughs> I did not just say this. <laughs> yes, you did. Like literally word for word. Do you not remember talking about the Ravens and talking about how it was a weird game anyway? Like you use the same exact. Obviously, you wrote. Ah. Did you re- write that down and read it? Or no? It's because we <laughs> we uh, we messed up with the Chiefs and had to restart the Chiefs. So I thought I had to repeat myself for the Chiefs. Oh, you're an idiot. There was a technical difficulty for the Chiefs. Literally, like, a minute in, I said it, and then we had to reset it, and then... Okay, so I repeated myself. Oh, well. Thanks for listening, It was a weird week, though. It was a weird week, so... (laughs) But you're not starting McCole Hardeman, who is the only wide receiver handcuff in the league. McCole Hardeman is still, like, ranked inside the top 50 receivers. I mean, the max you're going to get out of McCole Hardeman is two receptions. I grabbed him and threw him to, like, 80 and called it a day. Same here. I was like, what are you doing? Real quick, though. (laughs) Clyde Edwards, motherfucking hell yeah. Woo! What a week one performance, man. 25 carries, most he ever saw in a Mahomes. Most a running back has ever seen in a Mahomes start. 135 rushing yards, most a running back has ever had in a Mahomes start. He only had two targets. There were only four running back targets altogether. So he had 50% of the tar- running back target share. It was a weird, it was a weird so game. So I'm, I'm not afraid of that. He's going to catch passes. He faced a defender... Uh, he faced an eight-plus box defender on 33% of his carries and still had this much success. It's funny you say that. Against light boxes, 10 rushes, 96 yards, and a touchdown. That stutter step touchdown, oh, man. It was fucking froze beautiful. a defender. 10 red zone touches, and I don't care that he was unsuccessful so many times at the goal line. Look, anyone who watched the damn game, it was the opening game of the season. We all watched it. We saw that the Texans were basically in the backfield every single time the ball was handed off to hell yeah. Like... He didn't have much room to work with. Like, it wasn't all his fault. And he still got the touches. It's just going to continue happening. And the Chargers weren't great against running backs last year. Yeah. So, I think this is a CEH game. I have him as my third running back. I have him as my fourth running back. There you go. Like, he's going to start Travis Kelsey. He's going to eat. Boom, bop, boom, bop, bop. Of course. Dude, Kelsey caught every single one of his targets. Six targets, six catches. 50 yards, a touchdown. If the Chiefs didn't go up so quickly against the Texans, Travis Kelsey was going to have an insane He was game. well on his way to over 100 yards. He yeah. did all of that so quickly. Like, yeah. he was going to have a beast game. Yep. I think that's it for the Chargers. Like, for the Chiefs. For the Chiefs. On to the Chargers. Go on Chargers, the Chargers, go. We'll start with the story of the team, Austin Eckler. Look, Austin Eckler, I just punched something in the studio. You punched Todd Gurley. Accidentally, I punched Todd Gurley. The Todd Gurley bobblehead. <laughs> Look, <laughs> and now I'm dropping things. I'm a mess. If you told me Austin Eckler would get 20 touches a game, I'd be ecstatic. Look, I know 19 rushes and one catch isn't ideal in Austin Eckler world. Not what we've come to expect from Austin Eckler. But the dude saw 68% of the snaps. Was the workhorse guy for the most part. Like, yes, Joshua Kelly mixed in, played 24% of the snaps. Justin Jackson, 15. Kelly had four red zone looks. He had the red zone touchdown, 10 rushes, 62 yards. They said, Anthony Lynn said after the game, Joshua Kelly is the reason, was one of the reasons why they won. They they like Joshua Kelly, obviously. But Eckler had three red zone looks himself. They just didn't bring him in in the goal line. 
Anthony Lynn said it's still a priority to get the ball to Austin Eckler. Like they he's they said he's not going to be like with the Tyrod Taylor scheme. There's not as many dump offs to the running back, but it's not you know there's no way they don't try to get this guy involved more through the air. He was running routes on the outside as well. So like it's not like Austin Eckler just had a terrible game or something. He went 19 for 84. It was if also he, if he scored a touchdown, people would have been hyped. The game was also a bit of an anomaly because Tyrod Taylor's career target rate to running backs is 20% of his throws. And Eckler ran 20 routes. So he's going to get looks. Josh Kelly only ran three routes. He's yeah. the pass-catching running back. They just didn't throw to the running back. Exactly. And Eckler's 50 snaps last week was more than him or Melko had in a single game last year. Bang. So, yeah, I have him as my RB9 this week so against Kansas City. I think he'll get back involved in the passing. If he's not, I'm going to be pissed and I'm going to be confused, especially against Kansas City. But I think he'll be back involved in the passing game a bit more and get a bunch of rushing work too. I'm excited about Austin Eckler this We week. said Eckler was not an anomaly. I mean, was. I don't know if Keenan Allen was. And eight targets, four receptions, 37 yards. Is that something we should just expect with Tara Taylor at the home? I mean, I, in the True Value Report, I said Keenan Allen is looking like a wide receiver 21-ish. Man, if he's just going to be this dump-off guy for Tyrod Taylor with, like, the low average depth of target and Mike Williams, Mike Will Made It is going to be the long guy, the downfield threat, 17 yards per reception, 31% target share, a red zone look, despite the fact that he was injured and people thought he wasn't going to play. Like, Mike Will Made Mike it. Williams was the preferred option. Going forward... Against KC, we have to see something different because Keenan Allen, that's that's not what you want to see. This like it was different with Phillip Rivers. He had the short to intermediate routes, but it was different. Yeah. Especially in a Tyrod Taylor offense. He's gonna need to he's gonna need to improve. A little cause for concern there. Um Guyton is someone you're not gonna look at since Mike Williams is playing. Played sixty four percent of the snaps, interestingly though. Hunter Henry. Eighty percent of the snaps, twenty seven percent target shares. Seventy three yards. Had a red zone look. He I think like this a, is the difference. Like, you can do this if you're a tight end and mm-hmm. be useful. Keenan Allen, not necessarily. I'm not going to love Hunter Henry all week, all year. <clears throat> I can tell you that. His ceiling is limited with Tyrod Taylor. I agree. But if he's going to get eight targets for a tight end, that makes him startable. Yeah, and he has a very solid floor as well. I have him as my tight end uh, nine this week against KC. If he finds the end zone, he's going to have a great game. That's just the problem. Will Tyra Taylor find him in the end zone? Aikens caught a touchdown against the Chiefs in week one. Yeah, he did. That was in garbage time, though. So yeah. That's true, but still counts. Fair enough. Moving on to the next game. Is this Sunday night? It is Sunday night. Two- Wait. Nope. Not Sunday night. Sunday night. We have two games left. Oh, look at that. Patriots at Seahawks. Oh, interesting Sunday night game. That is an interesting game. Um, I think it's going to be ugly. But uh, let's get going. I'll start with the... Weirdest thing of all. Damir Bird led the Patriots in overall snaps and passing snaps in week one. Played 88 snaps. Uh, excuse me, 88% of snaps. Look, hot take. Hot take. Edelman is going to be in free agency before he becomes a useful start every week. I mean, I said if you're drafting Julian Edelman, you're absolutely bugging out, and I'm still by it. Like, if you're starting Julian Edelman, you're bugging out. Yes, he, he played 58% of snaps. Like, Nikhil Harry and Demira Bird were the outside receivers when they when they didn't, when they they didn't weren't going three wide. 
yes, he had a red zone look. Yes, he had 37% of the targets. But Cam Newton dropped back-to-back 19 times. 19. 155 passing yards against Miami. Four passes. Four over 10 yards. And people want to call him MVP Cam because he ran 15 times for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Look, Cam Newton, if he's going to run that much, QB1. Like any QB running that much, QB1. He had 3.2 points passing. Sheesh. Total. 155 passing yards. That's it. What? Why would he want a receiver on that team? Nikhil Harry, oh, 32% target share. So what? Yes, he played 80%. And you're not starting Demir Bird. You're not starting Demir Bird. Like, dude. Even the running backs. Who had the most snaps for all the type Patriots running backs, Michael? Michelle, White, and Burkhead. 19 apiece. J.J. Taylor, 9 snaps. But I didn't even answer your question correctly. You know why? Jacob Johnson, the fullback. 23 snaps. That's all. You, you ruined it, man. I was setting you up for a cool thing, and you just ruined it. I'm sorry. I think we're done now. <laughs> I, I'm i not touching any of those running backs. I mean, Sony Michelle had the touchdown, three red zone looks, 10 for 37 and one. James White had a red zone look, five for 22 on the ground and three for 20 through the air. Burkhead had a bunch of running work at like nine carries. I don't want anyone on this team besides Cam Newton. This was all against Miami too. Yeah, and it was all against Miami. I'm not even sold on Cam Newton. But if he's going to run that much, then he's a good play. But, like, I'm still not even sold on him because that's just crazy the way that offense went week one. On the other side It could have been a better game as well. Nikhil Harry lost a fumble out of the end zone. Oh, word. So, keep that in mind, too. The Patriots are clearly a Cam Newton's going to run the ball team now, though. Yeah, it's pretty nuts, the the transformation. Belichick using him wisely. Yeah. We shouldn't be surprised. On the other side of the ball, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm starting you off with another fun fact. Hit me with your best shot. Russell Wilson threw the ball 70% of the time on first and second downs. They were top three. Before the game was out of reach in the fourth quarter. Top three in neutral game script passing. His career average, 49%. 21% more throws this game. What is going on, man? If this is a sign of things to come... Boo to the yacht. If this is a sign to things to, of things to come, Russell Wilson was an absolute steal at ADP, and I don't even like drafting quarterbacks early. Mm-hmm. He's putting up like 25 points a week. He's one of the best quarterbacks. He's arguably the best quarterback in the league. It's probably Mahomes. Right. But if there's a number two right now, it's Russell Wilson. <clears throat> and look, 31 for 35, 322 yards, four touchdowns, 29 rushing yards on three rushes. How can you have a better game? Yeah. You can't. You can't do it. You can't win with him. You can't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and look, let me tell you, man. Russell Wilson's a beast, so you're going to start him, even though it's a seemingly difficult matchup against New England. They did lose a lot of players, though, and they played well against Miami, but that was Miami, so we'll see how great they are. DK Metcalf ran a route on every single Russell Wilson drop back. 23% target share. 98% snap percentage. Yummy. Oh, yeah. This is why I like DK Metcalf. Oh, yeah. This is why I like it's DK like Metcalf. Better than Tyler Lockett throughout the whole offseason, too. Caught that deep touchdown. Tyler Lockett, 94% of snaps, 23% target share. 
Same amount of targets as DK Metcalf. Also had a very good game. Also had a very good game. I, I just preferred Metcalf. Doesn't mean I can't prefer both. Metcalf. They're both studs. Real quick. Metcalf, four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, eight catches, 92 yards, no touchdown. Of course, it was yeah, on eight targets I mean, because him and Russell Wilson are the dynamic duo. One interesting thing, the only receiver to get any red zone targets was David Moore with three. So that's interesting. You want to see DK Metcalf more involved in the red zone. In this game, though, DK probably going to see Gilmore. Lockett going to see the other guys. So I I do prefer Lockett this week. Uh, fair enough. But, I mean, even Greg Olson played 66% of snaps. Will Disley, 40. Olson had the red zone look. You want a guy that's involved in Russell Wilson offense. I wasn't high on Greg Olson coming into the season, but he just likes throwing to his tight ends near the end zone. So keep an eye on that. And hold on, because... Chris Carson caught six balls for 45 yards, had two touchdowns, and people are concerned about him? Yeah, because he played 45% of snaps and Who Hyde played 34. gives a shit? Seattle did not run the ball, and they ended up destroying Atlanta. Yeah, it was a blowout. So, of course, Carlos Hyde and fucking Homer, Travis, Travis Homer. Homer are going to get some burn. Yeah, Chris Carson's returning from an injury. What's he supposed to play when they're up by... Th- 20 in the fourth quarter? Nope. Why? He already scored two touchdowns. Pete Carroll already is happy about his fantasy team. Yeah, Chris Carson. I warmed up on Chris Carson like every day, it seemed, over the offseason. Like I started. Honestly, it's because he was 100% healthy before the season started. Yeah, That's and then why. I was just that was like, the only concern. I just kept getting higher and higher on Chris Carson. Sure, he went six for 21 on the ground, he went six for 45 and two through the air. I guarantee you this is going to be his lowest rush attempts and probably rushing yards of the entire season. All signs pointing up for Chris Carson. Start him. I mean, New England's a tough matchup, but I'm just starting all my Seahawks, man. That's how good that offense can be. I agree. Hopefully they continue to hashtag let Russ cook. And now we're on to finish it. Finish it. Hold on. Now we're on to Monday night, and Tim's not here to stop us, They're so let's do it. all day for Monday no, night. Man. Monday night football on <laughs> MSG. <laughs> Mello and the Knicks are the best on TV. Oh, yeah. There it is. We didn't do that last so week. So many people are so confused. That's the MSG song for the Knicks. Friday night Knicks on MSG. <laughs> and then when Mello was on it. Yep. Yep. There you go. We sing that sometimes. We forgot that we haven't done it in a while. It's true. The final game of the week, Monday Night Football of Saints and Raiders. Las Vegas. LV. <laughs> Look, the Saints run D was stout once again against Tampa Bay. It's a good run defense. How are we feeling about Josh Jacobs this week? Josh Jacobs played 49 snaps. That is more snaps than he played in any game last season. Josh Jacobs had six targets. Caught four of them. Josh Jacobs had three touchdowns. <laughs> Carolina was is the worst run defense in the league, arguably. New Orleans is the best offense in the league, arguably. But this is also a Saints team that does not have Michael Thomas anymore, who is injured and on the IR, if you were not aware. Very unfortunate. I believe that John Gruden has his way that he wants to play and win the game, and that is feed Josh Jacobs. Feed Josh Jacobs, man. So it might it's not going to be the Carolina performance, but Josh Jacobs is still an RB1. Man, Jacobs played 78% of snaps. The only running back alongside Alvin Kamara to have a target share over 20%. Just tremendous. That was the only concern about Work him. from Josh Jacobs. And now, remember, that was against Carolina. Me and Jason were saying, because you know how we are with uh, regression. We're like, if he scores three touchdowns, 
week one and he only has 10 for the whole season, uh, how great is it really? <laughs> Let's see how it goes against New Orleans. I mean, I'm firing him up as an RB1, obviously tremendous, especially if he's involved in the running game. If he doesn't score a touchdown, I like to see what his points end up as. Like how involved he'll be if they like go down or if he's not scoring a touchdown in a game to see what type of work he's getting. And the reason he got a decent amount of pass catching work because they got young guys on the outside. Um, first of all, Hunter Renfro. Yo, real quick ha, though. Ha, 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 ha. Real quick though. Uh, Why was anyone drafting him? Jalen Richard had seven snaps and one target. Devontae Booker had eight snaps and three targets. Is Booker like the third down guy now? Like, what It'd was be that weird about? if it was. Very strange. Richard is better than him. Um, so yeah. Renfro, ha, ha, ha. Aguilar caught a touchdown, but I don't think he's going to be a Only thing. 19% of snaps. Exactly. The people, to a note... Henry Ruggs the third, decent game, sixty eight percent of snaps. Brian Edwards didn't really do anything, seventy five percent of snaps. Yeah, somebody keep an eye on. Brian Edwards actually saw the field the, the most. most. Yeah. Darren Waller, eighty nine percent of snaps, twenty eight percent target share, had a red zone look, had eight targets. Him and Evan Ingram, man. If you have people who own these guys, I prefer Darren Waller that are kind of bugging out of it because of one bad game, like six for forty five against Carolina, isn't great. Go trade for it. Darren I do Waller. want to note, Darren Waller played basically every snap in 11 personnel, which is one tight end. And then 12 personnel, which is two tight ends, is when Moreau and Witten would come in. Moreau or Witten. So Waller basically was always on the field. With all of this said, the Saints are a good defense. I think Derek Carr is bad. So Darren Waller, you're starting as your tight end. I don't love... Yeah, anyone else on this team. I think Ruggs is more of a flex play. He's going to have to use that speed of his to create space. He's an interesting flex play. He certainly has upside. There's He's no a big play waiting that. to happen. He is a big play waiting to happen, but, I mean, the Saints defense is good, and we don't know how good that Raiders offense actually is. Like, that Raiders offense, let's not forget, played Carolina last week. Yeah, so exactly. it's like they got Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins out there. It's 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 a tough matchup for sure. Yeah, Brian Edwards had one catch for nine yards, so I'm not touching any of these guys besides Jacobs and Waller. Yeah, same. To end it off, that got loud. The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints. Sands Michael Thomas. Sands Michael Thomas. Is Alvin Kamara gonna get eleven D four touches? Eleven D four meaning I'd hope more so. than eleven, more than four, about hundred fourteen. A little concerning. Hear me out. 66% of snaps, 12 rushes, 17 yards, one touchdown, five catches, 51 yards, one touchdown, six red zone looks, eight targets, clearly, clearly super involved in the passing game. Latavius Murray played 34, 34% of snaps, had six red zone looks, 15 carries for 48 yards. 15 carries. It's too much. Like, do you think this was more of the Saints were leading like the entire second half? We're like yeah. kind of protecting Kamara, getting Murray involved. Or do you think, I mean, they just paid Kamara huge bucks. Or do you think this is more along the lines of Murray's going to see 8 to 12 rushes a game now? I think option B. I think maybe the Saints are realizing that Drew Brees is getting a little old and they're going to want to run the ball a little more. Um, with that being said, with Michael Thomas out, that's that's not a concern anymore. Yeah, I'm firing up Kamara big time. But, I mean, if so, without Michael Thomas... Latavius Murray may end up being an interesting flex play, depending on how this... I don't want to eh, trust him this, this week, week, but... Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at the outside, Traquan Smith played 12 more snaps than Emmanuel Sanders yep. because he's the better blocker. 11 more, actually. 
And he ran two more outs in Emmanuel Sanders. 23 to 21. Both of them offer upside. Both of them offer confusion. Let me tell you this. Talk Guess who just absolutely torched the Raiders? Robbie Anderson. Traquan Smith The game? deep ball speed threat. Traquan Smith game? It may be a Traquan Smith game. Are you telling me it's a Traquan Smith game? Interesting flex play. Interesting flex play. Emmanuel Sanders had four red zone looks. Only played 49% of the snaps, but that's obviously going to go up when Michael Thomas gone. Yeah, I think Emmanuel Sanders is a good player, man. Five targets. He caught a touchdown last week. He's going to take a step up. Yeah, I think he's a very solid option this week. Like, if you own Emmanuel Sanders, you're probably starting him. I think I have him as my wide receiver 27 at the moment. Me and Michael both have Jared Cook as our fourth tight end. Yep. There's nothing not to like about Jared Cook, especially with Michael Thomas gone. Cook had eight, seven targets last week, turned that into five for 80. So, all the talk about regression, his yards per target still super high. His yards per catch still super high. With Michael Thomas out, not all the targets can go to Kamara. Jared Cook it might be the second option in that passing game. Even so, are we going to be shocked if Jared Cook leads that team in targets? I know I'm not going to be. No. I mean, he played 65% of snaps last week. I expect that to go up a little more without Michael Thomas as well. 24% target share. The red zone. He had a red zone look. Like you said, 5 for 80. It was a nice game for Jared Cook. So, we like Kamara, Cook. Sanders has upside. I'm still a little weary. Traquan Smith has upside as a flex. Still weary there, though. Drew Brees? Not the biggest Drew Brees guy this week. Same here. It's a it's a juicy matchup. Tremendous matchup, but I have him as my QB 12. I have him at 11. If you can pick up Big Ben and start him, Cam Newton, I think I'd prefer those guys. He's got 30 pass attempts last week, 18 completions, 160 yards. That's that's not good. Mm. He needs to start. He can't be just dumping it off at the line of scrimmage over and over. So I, I'd be okay if you want to stream someone else, but it's such a good matchup against Las Vegas. I still think he'll end as a QB1, even without Michael Thomas. This is a very telling game for Drew Brees to see what's to come for the next couple of weeks. You think uh, more Taysom Hill packages? Well, maybe a few more. I didn't even think about that. We might see Taysom Hill as a legit part of the offense. Time will tell. That would be fun. That is it, everybody, folks and ladies and gentlemen. That is week two. This is part two. So if you listen week to this duh, one first, part duh, thank please you go for listen to part listening. one. Yes, thanks for listening. Um, where can you find us? You can find me at BrotoFF Jason. At BrotoFF Mike. You can find Tim at BrotoFF Tim. You can find all of us at Broto Fantasy. Uh, every Sunday morning we answer Twitter questions. So if you have last-minute lineup advice that you need, Shoot us a um, reply to it. We always reply every... We tweet something out every morning. Um, hit us with your questions, and then just reply to that, and we'll answer you. Yep. We also tweet every single touchdown all the damn time. So follow us and put those notifications, and then Thursday, Sunday, Monday, you'll know every touchdown that was scored. Um, you can support us, patreon.com slash Fantasy. You could also support us by either buying Manscaped or Party Belts. Um, we do stand by these products, though. They're great products. Yeah. Manscaped code Brodo. Party Belts code Brodo for 20 and 15% off, respectively. With that being said, good luck with week two. Um, keep an eye out on our rankings. Keep an eye out on our Sleepers and Busts article. Keep an eye out on our 20 Facts You Need to Know About Week 2 article. That's right. That's it. Later. Later.